Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey! This is a show where, on each episode, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the big screen adaptation of Uncharted, but before we do that, we got to remind people to check out our feature film, Tiny Dancers, and we could all use a laugh nowadays, right? Absolutely. In fact, I'll guarantee that anyone who watches it is going to laugh at least once. That's the date night promise. So check it out. It's called Tiny Dancers, and you can stream it right now on Amazon Prime. So Uncharted, uh, a little backstory on this movie. It's been in development since the early years of the Obama administration. I remember us talking about it a long time ago because I love the games. Like, I'm loving... We both played, yeah, yeah, through the games. The games are really good. Um, Apparently, one version had Mark Wahlberg as Nathan Drake and Robert De Niro as Victor Sullivan. It was going to be directed by David O. Russell. I mean, give me that version. Like, that. that's a version I want. Oh, shut your face. But yeah, this movie, it's been dated and put on the calendar multiple times only to be canceled and pushed back as creative teams get swapped in and out. And, you know, there have been so many false starts with this movie over the years that I felt like I'll believe it's actually happening when cameras are physically rolling. And ironically, when the movie finally did start shooting with Tom Holland as Nathan Drake and Ruben Fleischer directing, it was right when the pandemic started. Oh, yeah. And it had to be immediately shut back down. <laughs> so it's been a rough road getting this particular project off the ground. I'm glad they were able to. <laughs> We mentioned briefly, uh, you know, this this movie, it is based on a series of highly successful yeah. games for the PlayStation. And the basic concept of those, it was just a modernized Indiana Jones. It really was. Like, you kick some ass, you solve some puzzles, you found treasure, like, wham, bam, bam. They're a lot of fun. And they're obviously inspired by Hollywood adventure filmmaking. Yeah. And the gameplay makes you feel like you're playing through a big Hollywood action movie. Yeah. With lots of shootouts and big elaborate set pieces. But we did, you and I, we did get into this series. Yeah. I, I got into it, I think, with like part two, and I think we played part three together. And then I kind of gave up on it, but you you continued through, like all I the did. way to the end. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're fun games. They're really well done, and it's an easy series to get hooked into. Well, the game had unrealistic action expectations. Like you're climbing from building to building and making unrealistic jumps. I mean, yeah, it's and not it's not realistic walls. or really grounded. It's uh, it's over the top. They're taking that artistic view with this movie. This movie. Right. My, in my opinion. Yeah, no, the set pieces in this movie, they are way over the top. Yeah. And it kind of teases you with like the very first scene where he's like dangling from an airplane yeah. and trying to climb up these boxes to get back into the airplane and then like a car drives off the airplane. And that that does feel like the game and in theory it's pretty cool. It just we got some ropey looking CGI with these scenes. I mean, yeah, this I don't is agree with that. well. Let's let's get, let's, let's yeah. touch on this adaptation. It's got a thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Aw, <laughs> that makes me sad. Yeah, uh, it of course stars Tom Holland as Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg as Victor Sullivan, which is odd casting. Because their game counterparts are significantly older. Well, yeah, especially Sullivan. I mean, he is much older. I mean, in the games, he's gray. He's like a man in his 50s, 60s. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Drake, I think, is in his upper 20s, maybe lower 30s. He's a grown-ass man. I mean, yeah. he's got a, a, you know facial hair. He's kind of a rough-and-tumble type. You know, clearly modeled after Indiana Jones. 
Here he's played by 25-year-old Tom Holland. You know, I like Tom Holland. I think he... He's a solid Spider-Man. He took that Spider-Man-esque and put it into his Nathan Drake. Of course he did. I mean, it's, I, it's and hard I to kind of tell them apart. I loved really, it. I loved it. Um, and it's nice to <laughs> see Mark Wahlberg kind of passing the torch of the action star type, you know, because I'm sure it was probably a big ego downsize, right? When he was asked to maybe step into the Sullivan role. <laughs> Well, I think um, I think he viewed it as like this younger guy gets to go through all the tough physical stuff, yeah. and I get to just kind of hang out in the helicopter, you know, on the on the walkie-talkie. And honestly, Mark Wahlberg he he shares equal screen time with Tom Holland. It's kind yeah. of the Tom and Mark show. It is, it's, yeah. Uh, his Victor Sullivan, maybe they beefed up the role when they knew like yeah. Mark Wahlberg was going to take it, but they're you know bickering and quipping the, the entire movie, you know, like a charming screen screen duo would. <laughs> <laughs> I thought their chemistry left a little bit to be desired. Really? Mm. Mm. One, they're not given the best material, right? Like with the screenplay, but their, their interplay feels very forced, yeah, I thought. Like I this is a very so. forced kind of odd couple pairing. And in the game, it's really like mentor and protege type of well, type of dynamic. And, and uh, I mean, I, I think, think they try that well, here, but it, it just... It doesn't gel. Here's the thing. So this movie, and we didn't play Uncharted, the first Uncharted. Like, we didn't play that. I jumped and, in in part two. Yeah. So this movie is like the first one, you know. Even the, in that first one, Nathan Drake is a grown-ass man. I understand that. And, you know, you got to take artistic licenses with these I think things. clearly, once they zeroed in on Tom Holland, which I understand, like, that's financially, that's that's a safe bet. <laughs> He's in some of the highest-grossing movies ever. Once they zeroed in on him, they realized they had to kind of retrofit this to be a prequel. I, I have to assume they that's how the process well, went. Yeah, because this is at the beginning of their relationship. You know, first we'll get getting to see how involved. they come together and yeah. how he becomes a treasure hunter. Yeah, I mean, who gives a shit? Listen, the appeal oh of the goodness. games. The appeal of the games is that it throws you right into the action, doesn't it? They throw you right into the action. And here, I mean, we get we get like a little tease of action, and then like a whole hour plus build up until we actually like get to the adventure portion of this but let's let's start at the beginning this movie it starts with a kind of a brief prologue yeah. that establishes how a young nathan and his brother sam got separated while trying to steal magellan's map yeah then we flash forward to present day where nathan is working as kind of a douchey bartender and pickpocketing women's jewelry yes I mean, I understand, like, in the video games, Nathan Drake, he is a thief. He's, like, a fortune hunter. But he's not, like, robbing ladies off the street in that game. Like, he's I he mean, has more of, like, a nobility to him, I thought, in the game. Maybe I was just projecting that onto the Avatar. <laughs> but I don't remember them depicting that character as, like, a, a fucking pickpocket. I mean, I think that you are allowed to pickpocket people in you, the you game. You might be thinking of Assassin's Creed. You can definitely do that in Assassin's mm. Creed. <laughs> We haven't played a set, we, ha uh, we haven't played, played Uncharted in a while. In a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Thanks. they haven't made a new game in a while, right? It's, it's been a minute. Well, their last game. Which makes this took, movie kind of strange. Like, it's not tying in with a new game. Like, this series is kind of dead. So, yeah, he's he's just a straight-up thief. He's, like, he's hitting on this girl, and then he just kind of steals her bracelet. We didn't establish this girl as, like, a terrible person or something. No, he's not, like, she, Robin Hood. she's well-off. She's new to the area. She's by herself. I mean, she she was a target. It's a weird way to establish your movie's hero. 
just like robbing a potential love interest. Love interest? They were flirting. Like it started out, they were flirting. It's like, was, oh, where's this was... going to go? Oh, he's going to fucking just rob her. I mean, he, he was just flirting just to rob her and, and right. take her. So after this lift, he's uh, he meets Mark Wahlberg, who's this fortune hunter who kind of saw him do this lift. And he recruits him because he's worked with his brother, Sam. And they're going to look for Magellan's treasure or some horse shit. Is that the basic setup? Oh, my God. So, first of all, you need to tell that Sam and Nathan, they get split up. Sam runs away from the orphanage that they are both at because their parents <laughs> are dead. And they were sent to an orphanage. And they both love adventure. And they both love history. And, and Nathan you know, Drake grew up in the orphanage. Nathan Drake grew up in the orphanage. So Sam, the brother, went on to actually travel and, and to go to these places that he's always been and has sent... Sent, like, postcards? Sent postcards. Um, so he knows his brother's still alive. Yes. And so when Mark Wahlberg kind of drops his brother's name, that's, I guess, an enticement yes. to follow the stranger. Yeah, because if if the brother wasn't involved and he didn't know the brother, I don't. I think it wouldn't have happened. He'd still be mixing drinks like and, a douche. And stealing tennis bracelets. <laughs> stealing jewelry. And yes, it is Magellan's map. Um, They're ultimately after Magellan's treasure. Well, Yes. And, like, these yeah. crosses, they're trying to get a piece of the cross, and, like, two pieces come together, and it forms your map. It, that, that, that's not what it <laughs> is at all. What, what, what is, what's with the cross? What do they need the cross for? The crosses were to get the map. Right, which leads to the treasure. It's an adventure. It's like you find a piece to the puzzle, and then you go and you follow that. And it's like another clue. It was a clue to a clue to a clue. Right. But the way these clues unfold is just like it doesn't feel organic. Like these characters are discovering them. Like I, this information is just being like dumped on them. It's just kind of well, arbitrary. Well, Mark Wahlberg already did all of that. Like his, Sullivan's character already knew where to find these crosses and had Magellan's notebook. That's how Sam got shot. You know, we find out that Sam got shot and is presumed dead. Might be dead. You know, and they get shot getting Magellan's notebook. That explains how to use the keys. And so, yeah, he wants to. He, he wants Nathan to kind of pick up where his brother left off yes. on this journey to get this treasure. And uh, this is where we meet the movies Bad Guys and Girls. Uh, t- uh, Tony uh, or Antonio Antonio Banderas. He makes such a good bad guy. Yeah, but it doesn't have much of a presence in this he film. Does it? No. His his um, little assassin girl. Yeah, he has... It is amazing. He has like a henchman named Braddock, played yeah. by Tati Gabrielle. Yeah. And yeah, this is this is a new face, and she's probably the best in the film. She's not a new face for me. Okay. And uh, she has actually been on Sabrina, the Teenage Witch Dark series on Netflix. And she plays a witch uh, on that show, and but it's dark. It's it's not like the, you know... Melissa Joan Hart. Exactly. Well, she's good at this, oh, and yeah. she really has a presence you know, amidst just all the noise and the, and the effects. She definitely stands out and makes her mark. And there's also the character Chloe, played by Sophia Ali. And her, I didn't necessarily like her character. Well, I think, but... the, I think her, 
the character is interesting. I think the performance um, yeah. doesn't leave much of an impression. But the, I think the character is interesting because she has kind of shifting alliances. She does. Throughout the whole entire yeah. thing, she, she's shifting alliances. And the only reason why she came into the picture to begin with is because she had the other cross. She already found the other cross. And after Mark Wahlberg or Sullivan and Nathan get the other cross... Which is at like an auction. At an auction. That's probably um, and the... that's where we meet Antonio Banderas. Yeah, that's where we meet all the bad guys. And that's probably the best scene in the movie, this auction. <laughs> He's like climbing along the, the, the ceiling. The lights. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, there's nothing here that like we haven't seen before. But this scene has some humor and has a little bit of suspense. Yeah. There's a little bit of intrigue. Uh, this scene is probably, yeah, uh, undoubtedly the highlight of the movie. And, you know, I guess... Going much further would be spoilers, but um, but I think overall you enjoyed this. I did. Interesting. I did. I really like this movie. I mean, the only thing, the difference between the National Treasure movie and this movie is that there's probably a little bit more violence in this movie than the National Treasure movies. So well, the video games, in the video games, you're mowing down just armies yeah. of anonymous people. I mean, you're murdering hundreds yep. of people oh, yeah. to get to the end of a game. And so I would say, like, the action of violence was significantly toned down from it, it, my it, experience with the game. It was. Which is a bummer. In the they, game, yeah, you're mowing mow, down yeah. person after person to get to that but jewelry. this movie <laughs> really has them being the quote-unquote good guys. I mean, they carry the weapons, but it's mostly, like, fist fighting and sword fighting and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, pretty boring. Oh, um, I can't think of anything. Literally mm-hmm. anything that I enjoyed other than Tati Gabrielle, who was a nice discovery in this film. Everything else is like, been here, done that, way better films. And yeah. like the computer effects are so bad. I disagree. I was in it. I loved it. Like, I really. The opening scene, it looks like The Adventures of Tintin. Oh, which is a fully animated film released ten years ago. You that are movie lying. had better action. That movie had better action, no. more grounded action, and that was a cartoon. You're lying. Why don't we take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into spoilers for Uncharted. <laughs> All right, we're back, and we're going to get into some spoilers for Uncharted. So, uh, I guess right off the top. At one point, Chloe betrays our two dudes. Yeah, well, we come to find out that she was hired. By Santiago. By Santiago. So by Antonio Banderas. At the same time, he hired... Braddock? Braddock. And then another little twist is that Braddock betrays Santiago by just cutting his throat. Cuts his throat, man. Which is a, a badass move. Yeah, uh, it's a badass move. But it, it well, she was the one in charge of all the all the the muscle. Like he was yeah. very naive and treated her pretty bad. Like he talked down to her all the time. I get it. Like it was kind of a boss move. Yeah, I I, I have no problems with that. And uh, ultimately, the the female characters I would say are the strongest in the film. Like, these two female henchmen are, are stronger, more interesting characters than Nate and Sully. I disagree. In my view. But it, it kind of all builds to this big climax where helicopters are airlifting these ships well, hold around. Up, hold, hold up. <laughs> okay. So once they've, they found out how to use the keys and they get into a secret room and you think that the room is a bust, but then it has a map. 
And that map is the original, original Magellan's map that actually had the place where they stopped and they hid the ships. And so that's when Chloe betrays them. And so right. when Chloe betrays them, Nathan's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, because he's, he's starting to fall in love. You know, they have to have that little, like, interest in there. Because he's a dumb 25-year-old. Amen. Can't hold his shit. Wow. There you go. And then you see her bringing the map to Antonio Banderas. And then that's the plane. He's got all the supplies on the plane. And so Mark Wahlberg and Nathan find out that she went to the plane. And because and, they, they put the Find Me app on their phones. Sure. So they followed her and they hid on the plane. And this is where we get that action scene that was teased yeah. in the beginning, yeah. where he is kind of dangling out of the plane, trying to climb up these cargo stacks. But lo and behold, where they were going wasn't where the treasure was. Nathan found out about it in the postcards because Sam already knew. Sam already knew where the treasure was hidden. Where was it really hidden? It was on the same island, but just in a different like cave. So Nathan had thing. like the inside track yeah. thanks to his brother's postcards. Yeah. And Chloe and Nathan were back together at this time because they fell out of plane together and they survived together and, you know, ha ha ha. Sure. And so you find that out and then he finds this while Chloe is sleeping and then puts the wrong coordinates on a piece of paper and lays it out there. And he then still doesn't trust her. He still I mean, doesn't it's trust one her. smart move. That's a good move. And then he puts the real coordinates in another bottle, like a beer bottle or something. Savvy? Yeah. And so, yeah, Tom Holland, he does get the treasure, mm -hmm. right? He he finds it. Yeah, he finds it. I mean, they don't get it. Nobody gets the treasure. Like, he gets maybe a couple pieces. Well, but he, yeah, he finds he it. Finds and, it. Then, and then there's this, this scene where, like, they these helicopters airlift the ships. That so, happens after he finds the treasure, Bannock right? saw him Braddock. on Braddock. Braddock saw him on the, the boat going to the place where he thought the treasure was. Right. And so she followed him. But then Mark Wahlberg, Sully, with the Find My App phone, was following him too. And so found him at the ships as well. Once Braddock comes in and she like... And they're airlifting them because they have gold on them? Well, airlifting them because the ships are worth a lot. As well as they have gold in them. Like it would have been like $5 billion and, and money. The ships themselves are worth some money. Yeah. So they didn't want to ruin the ships. I mean, <laughs> you know. And this is a big, elaborate, climactic action scene. It's pretty where, cool scene. In theory, sure. You got these helicopters swinging around these ships and, you, and they're firing cannons at, at one another. In theory, it's cool. It looks Terrible. Kind of remind me of Pirates of the Caribbean a P little Pirates bit. Pirates of the Caribbean did yeah. a similar thing, that, and it looked better. And that, that movie was 15 years ago. So, um, yeah, this climax, in theory, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. It looks like garbage. It looks like... Uh, I, I disagree. Uh, I thought it was so cool. I was wrapped in it. I loved it. And the fact that Braddock just refused to die, even though like all her henchmen... She's a cool villain. I mean, it she... keeps coming back. It takes keeps, a lot to kill her. I mean, you have to put literally a ship on her Yeah. to kill her. Well, yeah. And so they, they get to this point where Mark Wahlberg's got a bag of gold. Yeah. <laughs> and it's either like she's going to come up and get us or you throw it at her and knock her off. And so he has to throw the gold at her. He chose to save Nathan. Yeah. 
Because otherwise, I mean, these are some pretty shitty dudes yeah. who don't do anything decent. Oh, yeah. No, these are not like good. I mean, but Uncharted, there was, I mean, there are treasure hunters. So the movie should kind of adopt that tone. Like these are some badass rogues, but the movie plays it like yeah. a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Like these are, you know, fun heroes to be romping them. Like, no, these guys suck. So, yeah, he does do the, the right thing and he knocks her off. And then as if that wasn't enough, the entire boat gets disconnected and then lands on her. Yes. I forget how the boat gets severed from whatever it well, was. Well, they cut it because it was she she anchored it, right? Like she threw down the anchor and so it was causing the helicopter to not go anywhere and it was getting ready to destroy the helicopter. So they had to cut the boat down. And um, it just it falls right on it her. It falls right on her. Cuz she's like we initially she's alive yeah. in the water. Boom, and then boom, the, splat. I guess that's probably my favorite action beat. Yeah. Like, that was one action beat that, that worked, her death. <laughs> um, and then come to find out, Nathan had some gold that he gave Sam. He's like, I didn't do this for the money. I did this for the adventure and for my brother. Yeah, of course. You know, he's he's just a, a little scamp who's got some gold trinkets in his pants. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's that's pretty much the ending. We get, like, a little teaser kind of hinting that, uh-oh, Sam might be alive. Yeah. But then you think that they could just go down with a diving team and, and get all that gold and all that treasure from the coast when the the boats yeah. fall. Well, the- no, the government got, the, the Philippine government. Scooped it out? It was their territory. It, it, Does theirs. that happen in the movie? Yeah. So, so they, they lose pretty much the $5 billion. Kind of like the whole adventure was kind of pointless. But they're a pair now. Sully and Nathan. And what a pair, right? I love it. The be- <laughs> what, more what, adventures, right? What, one of the best parts for me <laughs> was when they were hiding in the ship and Tom Holland goes, you, you just got to cuddle. I think I remember this. Yeah, there's a weird moment. <laughs> I love that moment. I don't know. It's just like, okay, you want to stand out here or do you want to cuddle for a minute? Right. <laughs> I don't know why that like <laughs> got me, but it, it just really like got me. Well, probably because legitimately good moments are few and far between. I don't. So I, that one stood I out. I disagree. Well. I really like this movie. <laughs> I thought it did the games justice. Even though it it barely even resembles the games. I disagree with you. Well, the games, as we've discussed, are like nonstop action, thrilling set pieces with older looking characters. Listen, it did it justice. I mean, there was artistic license being played here. I mean, you have to differentiate it a little bit. Right. Just like Witcher. Witcher differentiates from the game a little bit. But the main character still resembles the main character in the game. That's true. Sounds a lot like him, too. Yeah. My feeling really is they should have gone with a relative unknown for Nathan Drake. Kind of like what they've done with this recent Jack Reacher series. Yeah. With the movies, they wanted Tom Cruise. And he didn't really fit the role as it was written in the books. And so for this new series, they cast a relative unknown, Alan Richson. And it's way more in line with what the author conceived of with the books. Yeah. And so I feel like if they did that with this movie, Nathan Drake, I mean, get a relative unknown, someone who just physically and characteristically embodies the character. And then think of Man of Steel. Henry Cavill was a relative unknown with Man of Steel. I mean, the Tudors. Yeah. uh, Okay. Um, Relative unknown in the movie world. And that movie made his career. It elevated his career. And they surrounded him with a bunch of great actors in that film. 
I feel like that's that that's really the only path for this Uncharted to make it like creatively successful because it's such reheated goods. The game is derivative of Hollywood movies. Yeah. And now this movie adaptation of this derivative game, it's just extra derivative. So it gives it give us a sense of discovery with a new actor in the role. That's that's my take. Because like I don't want to see fucking Chris Pratt in this role, even though physically he embodies it. I don't want to see Uncharted with Chris Pratt. I don't want to see Uncharted with Mark Wahlberg. I want to see an unknown. I want to see a new dude. A lot of lot of lot of dudes banging the door. There is give a me lo- a role. I, give me a role. I, I give it to one of them. I'll agree with you on that. There, there's a lot of star power in this that you could have. Tom Holland is very miscast. He's very very miscast. Not only mm-hmm. just as the video game counterpart, but just as a lead in this type of role. M- my man is a- out of his depth. <laughs> he's he's a fine Spider Man, but. Um, I don't know. I, I disagree. Uh, I, just, I like Tom Holland. <laughs> so I would rate this a B plus. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go D. Oh my god, we are so on the opposite. <laughs> this is like my second spectrum. D in a row. You know, last week we talked about marry me. I give that a D. I loved it. I'm I'm struggling this year. Like the best movie I've seen this year probably is the fourth Jackass. No, and that's like that's not really a movie I want to see again. It's like we're we're getting off to a rough start in 2022, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'll give this a, a yeah a solid D, and um, <laughs> because I can't think of anything good to say about it, and I have no ill will towards any of these actors or these filmmakers. I mean, Ruben Fleischer, he's known for Zombieland and Venom. I mean, the guy can make an entertaining, disposable movie that moves along fast. This movie just... uh, was perfect in every way. Torture. So is it a good... (laughs) (laughs) Is it a good date I think so. I think so, because you have the eye candy for the ladies. Right. I think it's a good date movie for high schoolers. Like, if you're looking... It's kind of like the the shitty adventures of young Indiana Jones... (laughs) Oh way! So if you're no, if you're in high school, I, I mean, yeah, get out, take just, take a sweetie, and have have a ball. But this isn't a good date flick for grownups, I would say. I disagree. Different opinions, yeah. on today's episode, and I guess I guess there's not much more to say. No. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, that is Uncharted, directed by Ruben Fleischer. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review. Don't forget to check out our feature film, Tiny Dancers, which is streaming right now on Prime Video. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. Bye.